Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in for another week. We are continuing our journey through the Pilgrim's Progress. And uh, we're, we're all here again, so I'm here with Pete. Sorry, I had my mouth full of tea. And Rory. Hello. <laughs> and Ben. Hello. And uh, we, uh, yeah, we're going to the Pilgrim's Progress. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And um, on our website, uh, you can find lots of other things as well that we've recorded. Um, and so last time, um, we were following the fortunes of Christian, who had, even though was warned many times not to, departed from the road. And uh, in the hope that he would be able to relieve his burden, he went to um, morality, wasn't it? Or... or um, worldly wise man. Worldly wise man. He listened to worldly wise man and uh, tried to relieve his burden by works of the law. That was the big image, wasn't it? And... Uh, yeah, um, so thought that would be good and was promised that that would be good, but it only made things worse and he felt more guilty and more uh, burdened. And he met with Evangelist, who told him off for departing from the road and told him that he was never going to find freedom that way. And um, and now he's been pointed back towards the right way, hasn't he? That's roughly... Well, uh, the, 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 the lovely thing about Evangelist, he really does tear into him oh, yeah. and show him his error. And, you know, evangelist means, you know, the bringer of good news. But, you know, in order to bring good news, you've got to you've got to show the error. And, and it's something that he doesn't skirt around. Mm. And he really lays into him and says, yeah. what do you think you were doing? You know, you really went off the wrong path. It could have been the end for you, as it was for me, as it is for many. Mm. You could have mm. destroyed mm. your soul in hell. And he bangs him mm. like this. Um, but there's a lovely little touch in it where it says Evangelist is, you know, repoints to the road, says you've got to get back on that road, and, and it says is he kisses him and mm. gives him a smile. And that is Evangelist, isn't yeah. it? So, so, you know, people, you know, we shouldn't get upset when people are telling us off, if they're telling us off for a yeah. very good reason. Yeah, well, you have that in the prophets, don't you? When... Um Jeremiah, I think, is uh, having to go at the false prophets. And one of the things he says is they dress my people's wounds as though it were not serious. Mm. Um, so they put this superficial dressing on it and pretend that it's just a scratch when actually it could be a fatal wound. Um, and the false prophet is the one who tries to pretend that it wasn't so bad after all and they'll be okay. But Evangelist is not a false prophet. He wants him to know that he's been wounded seriously mm. and he needs to understand that if he's going to have a you know, better, better journey in the future. Um, I mean, that's the heart of God as well, isn't it? God, God disciplines the children he loves. So God has to tell us off when we get it wrong. So I, mean, it's, I, I, I saw I, I saw a little YouTube clip. I know you've got to be careful with these things. but And it was someone who's clearly anti-Joel um, or, or Austin or whatever his name is. Um, uh, but, you know, he was quoting him and he had clips of him and... Uh, he's being asked by Joel, Joel Austin, this American preacher, being a prosperity sort of preacher, being asked by uh, Oprah Winfrey and all of and, 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 and other sort of American interviewers, what? Why don't you preach sin? Mm. And and it was well, you know, I, I keep to my lane, I keep to my, I keep to my road, and I just want to encourage people, and I want to, I want to, you know, I want people to go out from my meetings just feeling sort of happier and encouraging mm. and. Um, and when you sort of sit and listen to it and listen to it from what Oprah Winfrey's sort of point of view, yeah, well, that's rather nice, isn't it? <laughs> you know, he's an inspirational speaker, cheers you up. You know, what harm is he doing? Mm. But in this case, if 
if the evangelist had been Joel Austin, Christian wouldn't be Christian and he would be in hell uh, because he hasn't rebuked him mm. and hasn't said, you know, so it's just loving, isn't it? We, we know this with kids. If you let kids, if you don't discipline a kid, you know, they've had it, haven't they? Mm. They're spoiled little brats uh, and they destroy everything around them. I mean, there are less and less examples in life where this happens and where it's okay, isn't it? Because the narrative now is do what, do what you want to do don't worry about what people think. Yeah. So you, where else in life do you get people dressing you down in yeah. this sort of way? Yeah. It hardly ever happens, does it? Yeah. And when it does happen, it's it's referred to as like um, victim blaming or gaslighting yeah. or like telling people off. Like, and and so we, it, I mean, if if you watched this happen now, if you if you walked past christian and evangelist you'd probably want to step in and be like whoa evangelist calm, calm down you're, you're a bit you're, of a spiritual abuser there you're, you're yeah. heavy shepherding here. <laughs> yeah. you need to you know it wasn't that bad and relax a little bit but you're right when you read it he pulls no punches he gives him like a full-on personal seven-point sermon doesn't he and he's and he's list he's numbering he's like that you've you've sinned on two accounts here one you've abandoned the way two you've despised you know so he he um it's it's quite but it but it's but it is a blessing in the end hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah well it's, so, it's also yeah. revealed to be really good that he tells him off later on yeah. when he meets in the next character because he says many have died yeah. doing what you've just done yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a great mercy that evangelist comes in and says don't do that and I mean, there is faith, isn't there, working in his heart? I know we're not ever quite sure <laughs> um, in Bunyan's character here when he actually becomes a genuine, full-on Christian. But um, there's faith growing in his heart because it's at that point he says, "I will determine not to listen to anybody else." But you know what evangelist has said, I will. You know, I'm, I'm going to put my fingers in my ears. I'm not not in a um, an obstinate way, like obstinate did, yeah. uh, 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 but but in a way that I know this is the truth, and now I've got to seriously march to the gate that he's pointed me to. And he's but, been stung as well, so he he's now aware there are liars out there. Mm. Um, so he's making a, an effort to be on his guard now against just what anyone happens to be telling him. Well, and particularly liars that look like they're giving good and loving advice, because yeah. worldly wise men try to try to make out that he was for Christians' good, yeah. and he wasn't. And so now Christians been, as you say, burnt by that. He's like, okay, I've got to be on my watch and just get to the wicker gate. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, one of the things I, I was thinking through. Um, was uh, you know when people are interested in the gospel, it it does feel a very tender time, doesn't it? And certainly as ministers, I think we feel a little scared, don't we? We're sort of excited that someone's you know being stirred. Right. They're quite interested. But I think one of the things I've noticed over the years is when people start to get interested in the gospel, they suddenly have questions that they've never actually thought of. Mm. And I'm not sure if they're even their questions. And you wonder where they come from, you know, whether it is a satanic thing. You know, they've never really bothered about, you know, <coughs> you know, how do I know the Bible's true? They've never thought of that mm. question until suddenly they're stepping towards faith. And so I think what Bunyan's done here is is to show us that there are enemies of the gospel 
that this world isn't sort of a neutral world that we step through and it's all very nice and I can hear the gospel and I'll make a decision and uh, but actually uh, that our souls it's, it's terrifying that there are liars and people that will always they're always for our best interest uh, so they say um, and always know something um, you know more than us and more than God and more than Jesus and uh, and in some ways may want to be genuinely helpful but they're not they're they're coming from the pit from from liars and, yeah. and yeah yeah and we see that again so i mean where, so where does he what happens next then so he's had this telling off but also encouraging from evangelist he's back on the road and then in this next section he gets to the gates doesn't he uh and what happens when he gets there he knocks on the door he's knocking on the door and the just once Twice. Several times, isn't it? Is it twice or several? Yeah, a few times. A few times. So it's not answered straight away. So he's got to persevere, hasn't he? Got to keep um, on knocking. He's got to keep knocking. And he's wondering. Knocking, he's wondering in his head, like, will someone answer this? Yeah. I mean, I'm. I he, he as we've seen, he feels the weight of his sin. He probably feels it even more acutely now, seeing that he's just tried to follow worldly wise yeah. ones. Uh, advice and so there he is saying will will they let me in and if they do though i'll be singing god's praises and it's a milestone for him isn't it because this was the place he was first pointed to wasn't it yeah so he's finally got city of destruction yeah. yeah this is quite a big moment in his journey um after all that he's been through and he's made it and he's knocking on the door and then and then eventually this man opens the door called goodwill and what happens there what well happens? it's interesting because he's called a grave man um i don't think that means uh you know he's dull and boring um but i think he means he's, he's very very serious but i don't think there's a lack of joy in this bloke because he's called goodwill it's rather a sort of lovely name but this is very serious point here isn't it and you can't be messing around at this gate here and so he's coming across as very serious uh yeah and doesn't he ask who is it? What do you want? Yeah. And and Christian says, I want to come in. Uh, will you let me in? And Goodwill says, with all my heart, I want you to be in. Mm-hmm. But um, it's interesting. He seems to be guarding something. This gate is here for a reason, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's to, it's to let people in. It's also to keep some things out. And he asks him where he's come from, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Um, which does become quite a big thing because the destination or the town or the country which people come from often reveals their theology. You know, So he's saying, I've come from the city of destruction which is quite an encouraging thing to hear because he knows that that's the place from which he's come, the place of judgment. He understands that, Christian. Whereas if they're from the town formality or the town civility or Mm. the town, it implies, okay, there's going to be something up with their theology. That's Mm. what they call their home country. Mm. Whereas Christian knows he's come from a city destined to die Mm. and is looking for something something better. And again, he calls himself Um, a poor, burdened sinner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so this is like a, this is like a membership interview, isn't it? You've got a guy who's who's about to let him onto the road, which will take him to the place of deliverance, and um, he's just asking some questions about his testimony, isn't he? Where have you come from? What have you come to understand about yourself? How would you describe your own situation? You know, and he's just looking for signs of spiritual awakening yeah. in him, isn't he? Um, because you can't read through the gate. I mean, Christ is the gate, isn't it? Christ is the road. Christ is where he's going to leave his burden mm. on the cross. 
Mm. You can't you can't be on that road. You can't be through that gate mm. unless you see those things mm. first of all. It, you're not. It's not going to happen. No. You'll be on the broad road. You mm. know that leads to destruction, won't you? So mm. it's na- it's, a, it's a narrow gate um, because because it, it's you've got to believe these certain truths mm. about mm. yourself. Mm. That it, you, it's not that oh I'm a human and we're all fail fail. It's mm. I am a I'm a poor burdened sinner from mm. the city of destruction. Mm. In fact, there really is no hope in me mm. uh, except the only hope I have is to get on the path, get through Christ, mm. get to Christ. Mm. And so this this man stopping people coming, yeah, he's he is, not yeah. he's not it's not a joy to him, but he has to stop mm. pretense. Yeah. He doesn't want you to pretend that you're on the road when no. you're not on the road or you're through the gate and you're not on the road. And when Bunyan comments on, on this picture of the gate, he says exactly that, that it, it serves a dual purpose. One is to let people in and the other is to keep people out, mm. um, which is what all of our front doors are designed to do as well, aren't they? They're designed to let us in and they're designed to keep robbers out. You know, mm. They serve a double function. And so he's as the gatekeeper, he's got to enforce both of those functions hasn't mm. he he's got to mm. let in you know the right people and keep out mm. the people who aren't interesting that well um, it's the gospel but the the uh the sort of certificate for getting through the gate is not that he's a, an impressive person um it's that he's a failure and he needs christ and the door is is swung open for that isn't it but if yeah. it's not like oh i'm a no, uh, nobility let me through it's no. i i am come from the city of destruction i'm heading towards the celestial city, yeah, yeah. Um, or even I've been treated badly and I've had a really terrible life, and the reason I, I've done bad things is nothing really to do with me. Right. It's because of other people in my life. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, there's no excuses here, is no. there? Well, if you'd known my grandma, or if you'd known what, how you'd she treated me, me you, you'd let me in, and I deserve to come in because I, yeah. you know, all that sort of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And or I've had a hard life and I deserve to be happy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the door swings open, and some hands emerge and yank him through the wall. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Which it's goodwill's hands, though. Goodwill's hands. That'd be weird. No. <laughs> Ghostly hands. Yeah, and partly that's to that's to save him, isn't it? Because goodwill has seen something that Christian hasn't, which is that there are some arrows hurtling through the air towards him that would pierce him and kill him you know, on the spot. And uh, then we discover that Beelzebub, who's the Satan figure has got a little military outpost which he's put right at that key junction in the story um, and he wants to try to kind of kill people and stop them before they get in to Christ the gate the place of deliverance and uh, Goodwill is uh, presumably having to do that all the time pulling you know because Satan is constantly firing to stop people um, and that's just another you know the, 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 the kind of craftiness and the deception of Satan that he takes many forms and employs many strategies in order to keep people away so some might be uh, the very socially acceptable morality at mount sinai and at other times it's just an all-out assault isn't it and um, no accident that this is happening right at the gate um, and very often you know well not very often but occasionally you know in, in that that's what you do see in christian life isn't it that and um, people come to a they start coming to the church or they start getting interested in spiritual things and, and, and they're warming up to it and beginning to uh, see the truth of the Christian worldview. But right at the point where 
Um, they've got to do business at the cross, you know, and confess their sin and renounce any hope of saving themselves. And when they're really getting the gospel, mm-hmm. that's sometimes when they can fall away and you don't see them again and you wonder yeah. what happened. And it was because, you know, uh, in one sense, um, that was that was the moment that found them out, wasn't it? And that's what those arrows are like. Yeah. It's, it's a way of saying Satan wants to keep us, you know, from the cross. Um, sorry I suppose those arrows come in different forms when we think about what scripture says about Satan and and the way he attacks but it might be you know for for Christian it might be you're so sinful that you're you're too sinful and that would be a a classic satanic lie wouldn't it that an accusation which is his uh, biggest weapon in many senses that you're not good enough and so that could be where Christian fails actually I'm I'm so self-pitying myself I'm not good enough and so then that could be how he falls away. Or it could be, actually, you are good enough. And so therefore you don't need the cross. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, there are different ways in which Satan will, will have angles of attack and those arrows will look, will look slightly different, I suppose. Uh, I mean, the way Bunyan writes this is just is sort of masterly understanding of the Bible, isn't it? Because this is the Holy Spirit's work, isn't it? So on the, the Holy Spirit's been working in his life, hasn't he? Uh, uh, convicting him of his burden of sin convicting him that he lives in the, the land of destruction. The uh, Holy Spirit's been sending evangelists to him, uh, you know, pointing the way, rebuking him, kissing him, smiling at him, repointing the way. And then there's this sense of, you know, you know is it all down to Christian to get through the gate? And on, on, the, on the one sense, yes, he's got to put his fingers in his ears, not listen to anyone. He's got to walk towards the gate. He's got to knock on the door himself. There's all of that, isn't it? Yeah. Moved by the Spirit. And then there's the grabbing of him and pulling him through, uh, you know, where the Spirit won't let you go. He, if, you know, if you are the chosen one, he's going to bring you on to, through Christ. He's going to get you onto the road. Um, and that there's this lovely sort of understanding of how God works in a life isn't it it's both and isn't it it's the holy spirit moving us to walk we don't just sit it's not the holy spirit just works in our life and goodwill comes to us and we don't do anything yeah. we have to walk yeah. uh you know in step with the with the spirit and in step with the word and and yet he pulls us in mm-hmm. yeah and that's how paul talks about his ministry doesn't he you know he says quite a lot you know you know for this end we labor we strive we work but we do so by the power of the one who works in us. Um, so there's no problem there, is there? And I think it's very well captured in this language of you know our responsibility and God's determination to bring us through. Um, and one of the ways he does work to keep us is by producing in us the desire to stay. That's how he does it, isn't it? So... Um, all of that's captured there at the gate, and 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 what, so what? What else do they they talk about? Because there's, there's as a, often there's the sort of extended combing back over the story. Previously, what, yeah. You know, and what's the purpose of that? Do you think this constant revisiting of? Um, well, I mean, you, you get know, in the scriptures constantly. Remember, uh, as I reminded you, mm. uh, you know. Um, that the Old Testament is written there, isn't it, uh, of, of the men of faith and the men of not faith, mm. uh, in order for us to learn our lessons. Paul says that. So uh, a constant retelling of a story is a very good thing mm. because, um, I mean, children do it, don't they? I mean, they, they, they want the same story again and again because it's reaffirming certain mm. things, isn't it? 
So it's not a babyish thing to do. We're reaffirming our faith by telling our story or reaffirming a truth by um, going over that story again. And also, also Goodwill is able to counsel him through that as well um, to help him see how he's gone wrong again or just to say, okay, yeah, many have fallen that way. You didn't, you, you escaped, so you're still on the road. So there's ways to assure him again. And, and so I think that's helpful in, in itself. You need more than one person to, to counsel you, really. And he provides a kind of commentary, doesn't he, Goodwill, on, on everything that's happened so far. So uh, Christian is recounting the story of how, uh, is it Pliable, yeah. came with him, but then turned away at, mm-hmm. in the Slough to Spond. And then um, he comment. He says this amazing thing, doesn't he? He says something along the lines of, um, uh, "Did he not consider the celestial city, the glory of that, worthwhile suffering a few sort of setbacks in this world?" Mm. He's sort of asking with incredulity. He's like, "I can't believe." Did he not have eyes for heaven, so that his small momentary trouble seemed light? <laughs> mm. um, uh, which is just great, isn't it? Because it 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 puts the Slav respond into perspective. Because at the time, it was the worst thing that ever happened to mm. Pliable. And, mm. and he was saying, oh, if there were worse things coming than this, it's mm. not worth it. But goodwill is just saying, come on. Mm. I mean, look at where you're going. Mm. And, and those troubles you had, oh, man, they're, they're small and momentary. And, and you might have other troubles, but, you know, the glory is worthwhile. Mm. All of the issues that we're going to have. Um, and I think occasionally as Christians, we need people to remind us of that, don't we? You know, you... Your, your car is not you less compliant, so you buy another one and that's an annoyance or whatever. And you just think, come on. Is that having a go at me there, brother? <laughs> no, no, I've had to buy a new oh, car. Yeah, okay. yeah. And it's just like, you know. I know you've heard me complain about it. No, no, no. Yeah. Where um, does you les come in here? Well, it was yeah, one of those arrows, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, satanic <laughs> arrow. <laughs> and you just need someone to say, come on, we're not here for long. Glory's not far away. Let's keep going. Let's not moan and groan. Yeah. Let's, let's fix our eyes on what's ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because we are, you know, we're persuaded and partly it's the deceitfulness of wealth and because we live in a part of the world where we've got access to so much that we, it's so easy to buy into the best life now kind of thing, isn't it? That if I'm unsatisfied in a job or in a relationship, Mm. then I really should make every effort in this life to try to right that wrong and to rediscover myself, turn over a fresh page and try to you know so I've still got time I've still got time to live the live the life and the money that we've got gives us the opportunities to do that you see we can just afford another house we can just walk out on a relationship we can you know um whereas I mean some of the women in the church on Saturday morning just gone we're hearing stories of women across the world in the persecuted church um you know in Iran and North Korea and you know, it's just it's just so much more obvious there. I think if you're a Christian, that your best life is not now, yeah. um, and you know you're you're imprisoned for your faith, and you're having to wash human waste off the wall to try to witness to Christ by wanting to keep, keep a clean, clean prison. prison. Yeah. Mm. There's no thought of best life now, is there? Really? Like, and, uh, yeah. It's like Moses in Hebrews. Hebrews is great. It's, uh, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Mm. He gets it. That's not pliable. Moses does that. 
yeah. those those people in around the world mm. suffer because they realize that the world to come is so much greater and it's worth the discomforts now mm. because the reward is just so great yeah that's the theme that runs we're about to start this new series in hebrews 11 and that's the that's the theme that runs throughout it wasn't it you know the ancients or the people of old were commended for a sort of faith that looked forward and welcomed the country that god had promised from afar and knew that even when they arrived in the promised land for instance it wasn't the ultimate country you know even when the temple was Mm. built it wasn't the ultimate temple and they always enjoyed it but looked through it and welcomed something else from a distance Mm. and that's what's captured here isn't it in this in this story um yeah they wouldn't make their home here that's abraham he 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 was a traveling nomad because his home wasn't that's rival and that's obstinate yeah Yeah, exactly they they can't see anything that's invisible and the promises of god are invisible in the sense that there'll be a new creation and a new home and so they can't see the invisible but 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 the christian here can and although it's faint, uh, he knows that that's the direction to, to move in. Although he's like a, a blind man that sees trees walking, yeah. it, you know, he's not quite sees everything yet. Yes. But he's, he's walking in the right direction. He, he sees that to make a home in the city of destruction is disastrous. Is it, yeah. 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 He knows that there is a better home of deliverance. But we were saying earlier, he's, he has arrived at a kind of checkpoint because when he was in the city of destruction, Evangelist said, do you see that yonder gate? And he said, no. Um, but now he's arrived there, yeah. so he has, uh, you know, that heaven is becoming is coming into focus more and more, more and more, yeah. more and more as he's walking on the path. Which is, which is, you know, what you you expect in a, a young Christian, isn't it? And, yeah. and growing in that. I mean, I think the saddest thing is when an older Christian loses their eyesight, um, and that's a sad thing, isn't it? And well, we do see some of that sort of stuff as we go through Pilgrim's Progress. So he's pulled in. He's there. Goodwill is sort of a grave man, but, but you're happy to see him, aren't you? Yeah. He's for you, he wants you. Yeah. And he's then going to push you on to the next thing, isn't he? Yeah. The interpreter's house. That's a terrific bit, isn't it? We can't go on to that now. I think no. we need a whole session yeah. on that. But, uh, but Christian hasn't lost his burden yet, and that's what he wants. Yeah. yeah. And Goodwill's saying it's, it's coming. Yeah. Just keep going to the, and when you get to that place of deliverance, it yes. will just fall off. Yes. And so it's 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 worth to keep going. Interesting, uh, we were saying before, why does he go through the gate before he gets to the cross? Yeah. Uh, and in many ways this is like probably different facets of the same event, isn't it? Coming to Christ and yeah. Christ is the gate and the and the narrow way and you know, the Christ on the cross. But um uh Probably uh, what Bunyan is trying to say here is there's not uh, a million ways to the cross. There is a narrow way to the cross. You can't just arrive at the cross and have your burden taken off without having understood some things about Jesus, without having humbled yourself. Um, You can't just arrive at the cross. You need to um, come on the narrow path through the narrow gate, uh, knowing that you've you're coming from the city of destruction. Yeah, so, so, so Jesus isn't an add-on to your religion. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? So, you know, nearly every religion wants Jesus, yeah. uh, if, you, if you look at it. They're all happy to have a Jesus. Yeah. They think he's spectacular. But Jesus is not happy to have any other religion. Mm. You know, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father mm. 
except through me. I am the gate. There's not several gates. There's one gate, the gate, Jesus. And it's it's very interesting, isn't it, that people can uh, 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 sort of want a Jesus that isn't Jesus, because Jesus does not have any other. There's oh, he's the only. He is exclusive, yeah. and so goodwill can't let you in on that on that road. If until you really understand you are sinful and there's one saviour, um, you know, no other name which you would be saved by, by other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, the cross is, is useless to you, isn't it? If you come to the cross thinking you can just add this on, you haven't come to the cross at all, have you? And so there is a there is a there, there is a narrowing of this is the only way, this is the only salvation, the cross, I must get to the cross of Christ. Yeah. There's no other way my burden's going. Yeah. And that's going through the narrow gate, yeah. isn't it? And that's part of the reason why he has to rehearse probably all that's gone wrong in his life so far, yeah. because it's all a way of preparing him to understand the magnitude of God's love there. So he's, he's constantly revisiting his wounds and where his sin has yeah. got him so that he's going to be ready to receive it because there are people who you do have i think it may be after the cross not before but you do have the walls of salvation that run either side of the road uh, and people just i think you have formalist and hypocrisy <laughs> and they've leaped the wall and he says something like didn't you come in by the wicked gate and they say no you don't need to do that and like you well, can just jump this wall <laughs> you know, okay you know so which i guess is a way of saying that you know there are what appear to be shortcuts to the cross you know but if you just have the cross presented to you mm. without any understanding of what christ was accomplishing there yeah. um then you know it's not gonna have the force. and that and that's a real challenge to us as preachers isn't it we've got to be a good will mm. we we actually have to guard the gate sometimes we mustn't just allow it to flap open in the wind and anyone just to wander in mm. we are trying to say um, no, we want all men everywhere to come, hmm. don't we? And we're really ready to whip yeah. someone in. Well, that's what um, Goodwill says. He says, with all my heart, yeah. I want to open this to you. Yeah. But he still asks the question, Yeah. who are you, where have you come from? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, are we light on sin, I suppose, and light on the fact that sin will take you to hell? Are we light on destruction and hell and... Um, I think, what, what, you know, it's interesting that although when he gets the other side of the cross and his burden is gone, which we're, which we're going to come to, that not an awful lot changes in terms of there's still just as many threats on the road as there were before. Um, and I think this is what Bunyan has just ingrained in the story so well that, you know, we're never home until we're home. There are, there are, we are, you know, we have a real spiritual enemy. You know, Satan is a, a roaring lion. And, you know, people can go from, you know, the heights of a spiritual experience to to falling into his trap headlong. Mm. And in one sense, we shouldn't be surprised. You know, what? why would it be any other way? I, you know, because with this, you know, we have got a real enemy and he's a defeated one, yeah. but he's a hateful one, you know. And um, I think keeping people aware and keeping ourselves aware of the, the spiritual threat that is posed to us mm. you know i know we've got from the one hand you've got the assurance of being in christ and the ultimate security of being in christ but um those things make you more watchful and not less don't they um well again we'll see that won't we yeah he'll get the score of assurance and 
he treats it a bit badly and leaves it yeah. when he sleeps and yeah. yeah lots of that to come yeah but we can still say to people it's, you know we're, you know it's great that you're understanding christianity but there's an app there might be an arrow you know at any point you know <laughs> um yeah Okay, well, next time we're going to move on to the interpreter's house. Um, so do join us for that. And as I said at the start, cornerstonechurchkingston.org, you can find uh, the other podcasts we've done so far in this series and in other series as well. Um, so do have a browse and uh, let us know. Send us any feedback that you've got. And thanks for tuning in.